0: All right, we're going to encouragement today. All right, let's look at Hebrews 10, 23 through 24. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I'm going to step down here because that sun is getting in my eyes through that window. Okay, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now... As the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, this scripture a lot of times has been used in, you better go to church. Anybody grew up where that was used? Oh, you better, you know, I think I'm gonna go today, I'm not feeling good. Do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. You're like, man, I'm so sorry, I'm going to church. That's how people grew up. You got to get to church. But let me tell you something, There there is truth to that. It's important to go to church. At the same time, it's important to know, listen, God loves you, and, and God understands where you are, and we don't keep attendance here, and we're not like, oh, oh they're, they're sinners. They didn't show up. There's something wrong. Listen, stuff happens. You work all week, and the only time you can ever see your family is Sunday. Take a time. Go be with your family. That's fine. But we got to understand that church is not just about you coming to church to get something. I need to go to church. I need a word. I need a word. That's fine. We all do. And hopefully if I do my job, you'll be equipped to do the work of the ministry. But I'll tell you this, sometimes you go to church because you need to be there to encourage somebody. Because you've been through something that they need encouragement from you because you've walked through it. Church is not just about you. I've had people say, man, I don't go there. I just don't get anything out of it. And and my response is much more loving now. But it used to be, well, you probably don't give anything either. (laughs) Because if that's the only reason you don't go... The same God that calls you to a church is the same God that tells you when to go. He'll lead you out if it's time to go out. But you've got a responsibility. I'm not the only one called to fulfill this vision. You are. You are too. We all are called to encourage one another. And we need to take that serious. We need to make sure that we understand sometimes we got to push through those times of, I can be honest with you, there's times I didn't want to go to church. There's been times I woke up like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to go. And Patty has to remind me, you're preaching. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess, guess I should go. We all have those feelings, but sometimes you got to push through because, listen, you don't know what you could give to somebody that may be there that day. So make sure that you understand. You play a part of, encourage people, and God wants to use you. That's one reason why he says, Don't neglect meeting together with people because we need to encourage one another. All right, so let's talk about encouragement. One of the first things we need to do before you can encourage people, you need to be encouraged. I've never met someone who is discouraged that can encourage someone. Right? You ever met anybody like that? Listen, if you're mad, you're not going to cheer somebody up. It just doesn't happen. In sports, if you're losing and you're all upset, Competitive and you're mad, you're not gonna cheer anybody up by saying, Come on, get your head up. This is stupid. Get your head up. Why are we? It doesn't happen that way. You have to be encouraged in, in order to encourage other people. And God wants to encourage you. Let's look at the scripture in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Now, here's the kind of what's happened. David and his men just went into this battle. They won, they fought this battle. They come back. While they were gone, the enemy came into their camp while all the men were gone. Stole all the stuff, took women and the children. I mean, just annihilated everything in the camp. Took the women and the children. It was was a mess. David comes back to this. All the men are frustrated. They're all upset. They're all mad. They're mad at David. Okay, so now David is now like, oh, shoot. Now all these people that were for me are now against me. Here's what it says. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But listen to what David did. David strengthened himself in the Lord. When everybody else is against you or you feel that way. When you feel like you're the only one. And no one understands. And no one knows where you are. You can still encourage yourself in the Lord. And you do that by speaking his word. And reminding yourself of God's word. You have to you have to take an initiative for you that you can't. You have to make sure that you don't give up and lose hope. You're going to have moments where you feel hopeless. You're going to have moments where you struggle, where you're going through it and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But I want to encourage you that you have the Holy Spirit in you who is the best encourager ever and that he will encourage you. But you need to open yourself up to be encouraged, to encourage yourself in those times where you think, you know, I don't know if... I'm going to make it. And if no one right now is speaking anything and encouraging and helping you, <clears throat> there comes a time when you just get in the word, you just look to Jesus, and you can begin to say, but you know what? I just go back on his faithfulness. Go back in your life and look how God's been so faithful to you. You know, when David faced Goliath, you know what was so easy for him to face that giant this time? Because he remembered the same God that rescued me from the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So he wasn't nervous because he went back on the faithfulness of God. In Acts 28, we talked about it Wednesday night. Paul had just gone through this whole shipwreck, but God told him, I'm going to save you. And I'm going to spare everybody's life. But they went through this shipwreck. After they get on the shore, Paul's bit by this poisonous snake. And he just shakes it off into the fire. And he just kept going. And people are wondering, like, is he going to die? You know, what's happening? He must be a murderer. He must be this. And they had all these thoughts about him. But one of the reasons he could shake that off because he knew God already sold him. He was going to be speaking at Rome. He hadn't got there yet. And he had already remembered how faithful God was. Listen, God rescued me from that whole shipwreck out in the middle of the ocean. He rescued me from that. He can rescue me from this. There's something about getting and reminding yourselves of what God has done and who God is and encourage yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. This is the only, I mean, I don't know if I'm the only pastor that does it, but I want to encourage you to talk to yourself. It's okay. People are going to think you're on the phone anyway. They think you have a little earpiece in. Just talk to yourself. God, I thank you that you're faithful. Lord, I'm not alone. You're with me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Encourage yourself when you go through stuff. Look at Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That's an encouraging verse for you to remember. Always, always ready to help. That means anytime, anywhere, any place, God is ready to help you. Psalms 138.3. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, we read this earlier. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. Let's keep going. John 14, 20, But when the Father sends the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. See, what do you have to know? You know why? Let me tell you why God can call me to be a pastor. Because I don't have to know anything. He'll teach me everything. See? So all those haters back in high school who didn't think I'd ever make it to anything, ha, I don't have to be smart. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's teaching me. There's hope for y'all. How many many D students we got out there in the house? All right. He will teach you. Get your grades up. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. Listen, even when you don't understand, that's why it's important to read the Word. You You don't have to make sure, oh, I just can never remember everything. I get so frustrated. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He will bring to remembrance the things that you knew, the things that you read, the things that God has spoken to you. He'll bring it to remembrance. There'll be times where you face something, all of a sudden the Spirit brings up a verse that you read a year ago. And says, you know what, I remember. He said that he would never leave me or forsake me. I remember when God spoke to me. See, I remember the day that God told me the stripes on my son's back are for your son, Zach. I remember that day. And every time that I have a, see something or a question or a struggle with something that Zach struggled with, I go back to that verse. I go back to that day. And remember, you know what? God's got this. He's got this. And he's doing amazing things in his life. All right, then it says, I'm leaving you with this gift of peace of mind and heart. The peace I give, the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. When you find yourself troubled or afraid, these are verses to read. God, you know what? You says I can come to you, and, and Lord, you'll give me this peace. And that peace I can have, according to Isaiah 26.3. As long as I focus my attention on you, I'll stay at that place of peace no matter what happens. Let's keep going. The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And I have told you all of this so you may have peace in me. Listen to this part. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Amen? I never get an amen on that one. You're going to have trials and sorrows. You're still struggling. It doesn't mean you're welcoming it. Just say it. Amen. All right. But listen, but take heart. Because Jesus says, look, I've already overcome the world, which means it's not going to take you down. I'm more powerful. I've already defeated. So with me, you're going to make it. With me, you're more than a conqueror. With me, you get through it. So he's encouraging us, and we need to encourage ourselves. And look at um, Romans 15, 4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us what? Hope and you need encouragement? This is it. You don't need Pastor Scott. You don't need Sunday school Susie. All you need is the word of God. What encourages you on Sunday is because I speak the word of God. It's not an accident that you have 35 verses in your notes. And yes, we're going to read them all. Because that's what will change your life. That's what will change your life. And hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You know what that means? Even before we see the results of what God has promised us, we can still have this patience and encouragement that God will say, listen, I know I know where you're at, but listen, I know the whole story. You're going to make it. I want to encourage you today, whatever you're facing, I want to encourage you in something. You're going to make it. You are going to make it because God says you'll make it. All right, so once we can encourage ourselves, we get in the word. We encourage ourselves. Then we can begin to encourage others. Look at these scriptures about encouraging others. Proverbs 10, 21, the words of the godly encourage many. You know, your words can encourage a lot of people. And I want you to know if you haven't figured this out yet, there is people all around you every day that need encouragement. Every day that need encouragement. And you'd be surprised what it does when you encourage someone. This week, I intentionally have tried to do that, no matter where I was at. At the store, you know, and they, you know, bag up your groceries or whatever. Oh, man, thanks. You really did that fast. Thank you. You're, you're good at that. Oh, thanks. You know, I mean, they just, they get all happy, even though, you know, even if it's not true. I mean, actually, I'm just kidding. It was true. They do a good job. Don't lie to them. But just anybody, everybody likes an encouraging word. Hey, great job today. Great job. That, I mean, there's a... Doesn't, it's not hard to do, just encouraging people. All right, let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I close this letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage one another, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Keep going. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we have taught you, you live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. That's saying, even if you think, you know, I'm pretty good at encouraging people. Listen, you can still do better. We can all still do better at at allowing the Spirit of God in us to help us discern who needs an encouraging word. Because sometimes it's not just about going and just encouraging people, but sometimes there's that person that God wants to lead you to. When you're at the coffee shop or you're at a restaurant or you're at your job, and there's someone just sitting over at their desk, the Lord may speak to you and say, I need you to go over there, and I want you to just encourage that person. They just need some encouragement. You know, I know I've told this story before, but there's been times where the Lord led me to, there's a guy sitting on the back of a truck, and I won't go through the whole thing in this detail, but the Lord told me, I want you to go over there and tell him that I love him and tell him that you love him. And I didn't even know the guy. And he was huge. He was a big guy. He could kill me. I was like, God, I You know, I did that whole Gideon thing, like, okay, if it's really you, make him scratch his ear or whatever. tried to do that. But bottom line is I waited. I waited. I I just kept avoiding it, and finally I knew I needed to do it. He was sitting in a Kroger's parking lot in Christiansburg, Virginia, and I I walked up to him, and I said, Listen, I don't know what you're going to think about this, but it's tearing me up. I got to tell you, I'm a Christian, and I feel like God wants me to come over and say something to you. And he's just looking at me and got this scowl on his face. I said, I want you to know that that God loves you. And then I paused, thinking God might say, okay, you're good. But he didn't. And I knew I was supposed to tell him that I loved him. And I said, sir, I don't even know you, but I want you to know because God's in me, I love you too. And this man started sobbing uncontrollably to the point where you wanna hug them, but you're in a parking lot. You know what I mean? He's kinda of like, Hey man, what's up? You're gonna be all right. But I remember sitting on the back of the truck and just put my arm around him and I said, You all right? And here's what he said to me. He said, Man, I woke up this morning with a note. My wife and kids left. They said they'd never come back. And I came to this parking lot and I was trying to figure out the best way to take my life. Because nobody cares. Listen, you know what? I did not preach a message to that guy. I did not have some great, I just want to tell you about the Lord of God, Jehovah, he's all. I didn't do any of that. I just said, hey, I just want you to know that God loves you. Somebody cares. That changed his life. That spared his life. That saved his life. Just a little encouraging word that says God loves you. Because it wasn't me loving him that changed his life. If I started with that, I love you, man. (laughs) He's gone. But when he heard God loves you, you know what that meant? There is a God, and he sent somebody to let me know. If you're willing to encourage people, I'm telling you, God will lead you to people. Because God loves all people, and he wants people to come to know him. And there's some people that need to hear from God, and God wants to use you to speak to him. Just an encouragement. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to know all the scriptures. You don't have to know everything. Just know that God, what he did for you, he'll do for someone else. So just... You know, we got to make sure that we're ready to encourage people. Look at 1 Thessalonians four, sixteen to 18. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them who are still alive, remain on earth. We will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. You know how we can encourage each other when we go through difficulty if we don't have the greatest answer? Jesus is coming. It's all temporary. Whatever we face here, it's just temporary. Because the day's coming and it's close. I believe it's close. I believe the trumpet's out. They're polishing it up, just warming up a little bit. I think it's close. But you know what the encouragement is? That this isn't, this is just a small little aspect of life. And what's here doesn't really matter. Because this isn't our home. You're not citizen. Well, you are in the the natural way. But according to the word, you're citizens of heaven. And we're going home. At some point, we're going home to be with Jesus. And all the stuff that we face here is going to be nothing. We're not even going to, you know, I've I've heard people say, and I've said it too, when we get to heaven, we ask God, why did I have to go through all that? You're not even going to ask him. You're not even going to care. You're like, that was nothing. To get this, I would have gone through more. To experience this, and that's all I faced? I mean, Jesus faced stuff. He went through pain and struggle. But reality is, listen, whatever happens here, this isn't the end. This is not the end of the story. The end of the story is you standing with me and other believers all around the world, face to face with the creator of this world, worshiping him forever and forever. And ever and ever. And there's no more of that pain. There's no more of that hurt. There's no more of that disease. There's no more of those tears. Nothing. It's all gone. It's all gone. So if we face a little bit of stuff here, listen, keep the eternal perspective. Keep the eternal perspective. Listen, It's life is like a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. But eternal life is forever and ever and ever and ever. And so there's hope in that. There's hope in that. All right. Exodus 17, 8 through 13. Now, before we read this, I want to tell you a little bit of what, in, what encouragement, when we talk about encouraging, the Greek word for encourage is uh, parakleo. The Greek word for the Holy Spirit is paraklete. So here's, here's the thing. They both come from the same root word, which means to encourage. They go same from the same root word when Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. It was as an encourager to walk with us. Uh, both definitions, one of the definitions for both of those words, for encourage and for the Holy Spirit, is called along one side. Which means we are called along one side, along the side of one another, to help, to encourage, to strengthen. Okay, That's what we're, that's what we're called to do, to strengthen one another. You know, one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. Ten thousand. There's strength in numbers when we come together and say, hey, you know, we can do this. Whenever there's two or more, you always feel stronger when somebody's with you. And that could be good and bad because when I was younger and I would, you know, I was kind of, not really a troublemaker. I just, well, kind of a troublemaker. Um, But I wouldn't mind doing something, but I would always have somebody with me. So if I was going to play a prank or something, I was going to do something, I would say, hey, man, come with me. Let's go. And I would always have somebody with me. Because if someone's with me, I'm, I'm strong. By myself? no nah, man, I ain't doing that. I ain't the only one going down. You know, but with somebody else, I always felt strong like I could do it. So I'd recruit people to do things. And <laughs> things you probably shouldn't do. But at the same time, there was, everybody felt stronger when you had numbers. Well, it's the same way in the right context. When you're trying to live life for the Lord and really pursue him and you hit a bump, you know what the greatest thing you can do is have someone encouraging you. And have someone walk with you through the journey. I guarantee you the three Hebrew children, when they were facing the fiery furnace, I guarantee you it helped that there was three of them. I'm not saying that one of them wouldn't have done it, but I'm saying the fact that there's three of them. shadrach at and Bingo are standing there, and they said, hey, we're cranking it up seven times hotter. If you don't bow down this time, you're, you're going in. And I can imagine one of them like, and obviously they didn't say this is not in Scripture. This is just my interpretation of what could be going through their mind. It'd be like, hey, you know, we could just kind of, you know, you know, act like we're bowing. And, and God knows our heart. We're not bowing. We could just, so we don't get thrown in there. That's hot. You see how hot that is? They just turned it up hotter. That's hot, man. I burnt my finger today. And I'm mad at my whole body going through that? No way. Let's just, you know, pretend. But I think with all three, I'm like, hey, man, I'll do it if you'll do it. I'll do it if you'll do it. Hey, let's go together. Lock arms. And if one of them went to bow, just get your head up, man. We can't do it. We can't bow. Just encourage I guarantee you there was strength because there was three of them. Guarantee you. So I think in our life, we got to look at that. We can't, we got we to gotta come alongside of people and encourage them. Look at this story in Exodus. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became tired so he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of him, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Cliff, come on up here, buddy. Our wonderful worship leader. All right. I'm going to give you this music stand. Solomon, I just messed up all your papers. Sorry. All right. And then I need, uh, Wade, come on up here. Tim, can you help me? All right. So you're Moses. Pick that up. Hold it over your head. All right. Blaine, come here. You're Joshua. All right. So you're just stand right down here. All right. So here's Joshua. Hold it higher. Come on, man. Moses, Moses held it up. I don't know if Moses looked like that, man. Let me undo your top button. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So, so here's, what, here's the story. I'm just going to show you so you get a visual of it. Here's Moses holding this up. Joshua, turn around. You're fighting. Joshua's fighting this battle, okay? In this battle, as long as he's got this in the air, Joshua's winning, okay? Joshua is, is, is winning. Moses starts to get tired, his hands start to to drop. He's getting tired. All right. As this happens, here's what happens. Aaron and her, okay, these guys realize we gotta help him. So Aaron and her decide we gotta do something. So her runs down and grabs a stone. We'll call it a chair. Go grab a chair. Um so he grabs a, a chair, brings it up. Sets it behind Moses. All right. Joshua is getting beat up right now because Moses' staff has dropped. So Joshua's taking the beating, hoping Moses will do something. So these guys come alongside, grab that. And here's what they do. They come alongside and they hold it up and they have him sit down so he can, he can rest. Okay. Now I want you to get something so far. First of all, Moses went up the hill and he allowed people to go with him. Okay, he, didn't, he wasn't this lone guy that thought I have to do everything by myself. He was okay having people with him. Here's the other thing. When these people came to help, you know what they didn't do? Aaron didn't say, you know what, let me have it. I'll hold it because it wasn't Aaron's job to hold it. It wasn't, it wasn't Aaron's call from the Lord to hold that up. Okay? So Aaron did not, Aaron did not come up. And say, you know what, Moses, I got it. You know, evidently you can't, you can't make it. I'm stronger than you. You know what Aaron and her job was and what they did? They came along to assist him in doing what God told him to do. And when we encourage people, we got to encourage people what God called them to do. Don't encourage people by saying, here's what you need to do. No, if that's what the Lord told you to do, then I'm here to help you fulfill what God's called you to do. Because that's how we get to equip and empower. Empower them to do what God's called them to do, not what God's called you to do. And that's one of the things I think we miss sometimes is when we encourage people, sometimes people don't need your philosophy of how to get to where you think they need to go. What they need is encourage them to get in the word, give them scriptures to know what God has called them to do and how to fulfill what God's called them to do. Because when Cliff, okay, you guys can put that down. Thank you. You guys can be seated. When Cliff, who uh, has been with us for, uh, well, since we started just about, you know, he's got a call of God on his life. And at some point, we're sending him out. Okay, so, yeah. Huh? Huh? No, as long as you keep bringing that up when you're supposed to, we'll keep you. (laughs) So, but whenever we send him out, you know, we're not going to send him out like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go embrace, encourage, equip, and empower people. No, you need to go do what God's called you to do. And if God tells you to do that, then do it. But if he doesn't, we don't need another thrive out there because we want to thrive. If he's, if he's, if God's put a call of God on his life, then we need to let the call of God on his life fulfill in the way God wants to fulfill it in his life, not make it ours through him. Right? You know what I'm saying? And that's in every way. we got to encourage people where they're at. So Aaron and her, were, were, they, they didn't need the glory. They didn't need to be the one to hold it. They were fine just helping someone else do what God had called them to do. And that's what God's called us to do. And once we encourage ourselves in the Lord, then we can come alongside of other people and come right alongside of them. And as they're walking through their journey and they're having a hard time, then they're going to make it because we're going to help them. When they get tired, you know, I've told people before, listen, you know what? They were exhausted. They were fighting this battle. I'm just, I'm giving up. I'm losing hope. And I said, listen, you know what? Just, just be without hope for a minute. I'll have hope for you. I will pray. I will, I will pray for you while you're in this season of just struggle. And you'll get, you'll get back up. But sometimes it's just a matter of giving people a little bit of freedom to be who they are, to have the struggle that they have, to know, listen, it's okay because we're all going to get tired. Moses loved God. Moses wanted to hold that thing up. He could only do so much. And he was getting physically tired. And they weren't, they weren't beside him being super spiritual. Come on, trust God, man. Pray. Trust God. You can do all things through Christ. Pick it up. They didn't do that. Now, is it true you can do all things through Christ? Yes, but sometimes, you know what? You are God's help to people. And we want people to depend on God, depend on God. Guess what? God's sending you for them to depend on, but you're being too spiritual to really help them. But God says, listen, if you're telling them to depend on me, then be, be an example of me that they can depend on. We got to encourage people like that, right? There you go. You're not and as good as I'm preaching. I'm just telling you. All right. <laughs> Here's the other part. Let others encourage you. This is the part that I really wanted to talk about for a few minutes. This is the part that I think it's, it's easier sometimes for us to encourage other people in their weakness and in their struggle than to acknowledge our own. Would you agree? A lot of times it's easier. Even for me. Listen, I will. Man, I, you can come to my office. You can, you can tell me all you want to tell. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be praying for you. But for me to come and tell you, man, I'm struggling, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. We have to begin to realize part of encouragement isn't just being an encourager, but we have to be willing to open ourselves up to let people encourage us. You know what it means? We gotta be real. We gotta be real. I know I've told you this already, but beginning in November, Patty and I went and met with a marriage therapist. Yes, we did. Because we just knew we wanted to change some things that have just been a pattern. You know what it came down to? Primarily, me holding everything in all of my life. All of my life. Always feel like I have to be strong. I have to stand strong. I have to have faith. I have to be, people depend on me. I can't show them when I'm nervous. I can't show them if I'm afraid. I can't show them that. I got to stay strong. If Patty's struggling, I got to be strong for Patty. I got to be strong for everybody. And then what I thought with a right heart, I wasn't doing it to try to hide and be fake. With a right heart, I thought I just have to be strong. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. And then when I get to that place and the guy starts asking me some questions, I just start talking. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. How'd it make you feel? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, and all of a sudden, something happened. It all came out. And, I mean, I started bawling like a baby. I mean, that kind where, you you know, you have those, that, you know, six deep breaths at the same time. Like that, that kind of stuff. You know what I realized? Man, I've been holding this stuff in. And I realized that, you know what, there was always people that were willing to just help me if I was nervous. Help me in my insecurity. But I never wanted to admit it or acknowledge it. And by having that heart with a right heart that wanted to be so right and so strong, I never allowed people to encourage me because I never acted like I needed encouragement. And it wasn't anybody's fault except mine that I just held it in and held it in and held it in. And I realized that's not what God has called us to do. Listen, I totally believe in faith. I believe that you speak the word. But I also believe that you've got to be honest that you're still real and you're still human and you're going to face a day in your life where you struggle with something and you need to be able to say, listen, I'm struggling, would you pray with me? I'm struggling, would you help me? Because you're not going to accomplish anything by just pushing it down. Because if just, just quoting your scripture and not dealing with it does something for you, then I would have been free because I quote scripture. I believe the word. I confess my scriptures. I do that. But I never acknowledge, and it's only when you can acknowledge your weakness that his strength is perfected. When you're weak, I'm strong. Jesus said, my soul is crushed with grief. Paul said, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. I'm just a mess. I keep trying to do this, and I do that instead, and I know I should do this, and I do that instead, but I don't know how to do this. What's the answer? And finally at the end, he says, the answer is Jesus. The answer is not you learning how to be perfect. The answer is for you to understand in your moment, you got to depend on Jesus. You don't acknowledge your weakness to live there. You acknowledge it to say, this is why I need Jesus, because right now I'm nervous. But with Jesus, perfect love, it casts out fear. I got to make sure Jesus is Lord of my life. I got to make sure I run to him so this fear will be exterminated out of my life. I want you to know I... I am now an emotional wreck. Just kidding. (laughs) But I am so honest about where I'm at, and it's so freeing because I'm healthier now than I was when I just was not even saying anything. Because now I know I can relate to people because I think, listen, you think you have insecurities? I'll tell you something. I've been pastoring this church for five years almost, and I have them too. But here's the difference. I go to God and he reminds me, I never told you to depend on your ability. Depend on mine. And that takes my insecurity. That weak area of my life and God's strength manifests. And I'm way more confident. And I'm way more strong. Because now I've acknowledged where I am, which means God now acknowledges where he is and where he wants to take me. The struggles... The toughest thing for some of us is going to be this one, to acknowledge. Moses got to a place where he was okay accepting help. God never, there's nowhere in Scripture where God tells you, handle it yourself. Matter of fact, and please let me finish this statement before you judge it. But sometimes me and God is all I need. Sometimes that's not correct. It is correct in the sense that God is all you need. But sometimes God wants to use people. Because when you look at the gifts of the Spirit, he puts that on people. People manifest those gifts. And people can speak a word of encouragement or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom into your life. People can come alongside of you and help you and teach you and and encourage you in things. And the whole time you think you're waiting on this thing from God, God, please will you speak to me? There's someone right next to you that has the exact words to speak to you from God. We can't tune people out. We got to be willing to say, hey, I could use some encouragement. Right? Look at Romans 1.12. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. Listen to the second part. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. It's not just about being an encourager. It's also about being encouraged. Hebrews 10, 23, 24, that's what we read earlier. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. See, this is why we need to encourage one another. I'm just telling you. These last days that we're in, there's going to be difficult times. There are difficult times all around you. And I'm not just talking about ISIS and, and all that stuff. I'm talking about just in your life, there's difficulty. And it seems to get worse. And as the last days approach, the Bible says there will be difficulty. People will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedience to their parents, ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. We're already there. They'll be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others. They'll have no self-control. They'll be cruel. They'll hate what is good. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless, be puffed up with pride. They'll love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Those people will bring you down. You have to surround yourself with people that are walking the same way you're walking. Doesn't mean that you're not in company with those other people, but, but when you are, you're so strong and built up that you're not adjusting who you are because of them because you have plenty of time you're spending with people that are walking the same direction. All right, look at this last verse, 2 Timothy three twelve. I probably won't get an amen out of this one either. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Come on now, there we go. Listen, persecution come in different ways, but we're going to face difficulty. And I'm telling you, as the as the as the days progress, it's vital. Hear me, church, it's vital that we encourage one another. You don't know what people are facing. You don't know what everybody's going through, even in this own in this building right here. There's people here that on the outside, they say, oh yeah, man, bless the Lord, hallelujah, brother. But on the inside, I'm going down fast. There's people here that just quiet, don't say anything, but. On the inside, they're hurting. They're looking for someone to just reach out to them and say, hey, we're, gonna, we're here for you. I want to encourage you. And, I, and, I, and I, I, just, I just really know today that one of the greatest things that we need to do is understand our example is the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, it says, it says uh, Jesus tells the disciples, or the apostles, don't do anything until you receive this gift that the, that the Father promised. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's when all the church and every all the ministry, all the stuff started happening. After they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the encourager. We have the Holy Spirit as our encourager. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will use other people to encourage us. But I'm here to tell you, for you to be victorious going forward, you have to want to encourage people, but you have to open yourself up for encouragement.